Hello, everybody. I'm Dale Shores. I'm Emerson Collins, and you're listening to and watching The Dale and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Happy Tuesday. Y'all, I just want to warn you, my gardeners are here. There's traffic going on. I don't know if you'll hear half of what I say. I may have to mute and let Emerson just hijack the show. And y'all, as Dolly Parton once said in the movie Straight Talk, I am busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. You the, are. The amount of things that we are currently doing. I just sent Dell back the last clean edits on the A Very Sort of Wedding script that we're going to do with Uptown Players in Dallas. We've got the Del Shores Foundation 20th Anniversary Southern Baptist Sissies fundraiser on August the 22nd. Please plan to join us for that. We both went to the dentist this week. We're recasting a role that somebody wouldn't get vaccinated for. Anti-vaxxer actor. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. Anti-vaxxer actor. Actor. On his resume. It was better um, the first time. Yes, we both went to the dentist and uh, you, 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 look, can I see? Can I see your teeth? Oh, hey, I feel real good about it. They're so okay. pretty. Real talk. We're entirely too honest here at this point. Um, you're supposed to go every six months. I have not done that quite as much because I'm poor and my health insurance is through the Affordable Care Act. Uh, so I had to have uh, cavities filled this time. So it all looks good. Um, so y'all tip him today. And my dentist is super nice. I found her from Kristen McCullough, who starred in Yellow and of course was in Blues for Willa Dean, our very dear friend. She knew her. And when she was here for Yellow, I told her back then I hadn't been since I moved to Los Angeles. And she said, go see my friend. She'll be real nice about it. And she's wonderful. Dr. Ong. Oh, I love that. I love that Kristen is like such in our lives lately. She's our latest ambassador with the yes. Bell Shores Foundation. And yes. for several times today, she's also a finalist in a film festival with a screenplay she wrote in my writing class. Yes. I didn't know that. That's I'm going with her to the awards when we're in Dallas. It's all about Kristen now. All happening. Well, so my adventure at the dentist was good. She did say I had very white teeth. For my age. She didn't say for my age. She just said I had white teeth. But I've decided to put for my age on the end of everything lately. Uh, I don't even remember who it was who said that not too long ago. Something Somebody said one of those for my age things. And I said, oh. I will stab you in the face. We do not need that prepositional phrase. You know, uh -huh. you look good. You look good. Period. 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 Your, Period. your teeth are white. Period. What if we were on horses and people looked at them like to see how old you are? Just kind yeah. of, like, oh, uh -huh. just lifting up, just seeing. I think Dale's about 62. Um, but yes, so I got the ca a cavity filled, not the one y'all are thinking about. Get your minds out of the gutter. Stop it. How was your trip to the dentist? Well, yesterday? I have to tell you, because I, I probably have to, uh, you know, you said we, we get way too honest on this show. So I, as many of you know, had uh, shoulder surgery, replacement surgery. Uh, shoulder surgery and I went to my doctor for a, a post-op and he said I just want to remind you that when you have your teeth clean you have to go on uh, antibiotics and you have to like take two pills an hour before six yep. hours later you have to take two more of these and they're super duper antibiotics but just to prevent any infection and I said well I'm glad you told me because I have this appointment on Wednesday so he calls in the prescription I go down there over there at Walgreens on Santa Monica and uh, they're closed. And I'm like, I have to have this on Monday. And she, because they're still in there. And they let me in. They didn't even have the credit card was down. They had to print it all out. I mean, write it out. And then she said, 
Now, you are aware of the extreme side effect of this drug, right? And I said, no, my doctor didn't tell me anything. What was it? Explosive diarrhea. No. Nope. Goodbye. <laughs> so, so, so I'm teaching last night. I set the alarm for the six hours after. I'm teaching at 3.30 is my second dose. Now, so far, so good. I'm thinking with the class. But I said, okay, class, I just got to warn you. If for some reason I'm mute and I promise I will mute and just flee, it's because I have explosive diarrhea as a result of this heavy-duty antibiotic. But you know what? The Lord has blessed me so far. No, no. but I love so if far. I hear you in this show and you see me mute. You oh, know Lord. Where. That's a lot of pressure and ticking clock on this episode today. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, yeah, are you you're just a little extra clenched, you know, because when you relax, you run into trouble. <laughs> but I just love that she didn't even say extreme. She said explosive. She used the word explosive, which just makes me I just feel like with a cartoon, it's like you just like go up on the, you know, all of a sudden you have uh, lift off the toilet. <laughs> no, it looks like that poltergeist girl from your butthole. Just split pea soup out of, out of your <laughs> I almost didn't eat for two days. I thought. I, I mean, that, that's worth considering. <laughs> you know, you have awfully nice sofas. You don't want to ruin one because you're a little <laughs> too relaxed. Those new covers you put on. That was worth <laughs> so, so I just I will take a... <laughs> Happy birthday, Mark. I feel like our explosive shit story is a nice transition into celebrating your birthday. Happy birthday. And I just want to know, did I overshare? Because they often say, you know, like hey, meetings and now he overshared. He overshared. Uh, no, it, we're, it's too late. We're past that point. I had something else I was going to talk about and it has completely slipped my mind. But we do have a big old full show today. We're going to get into all the Olympics wrap up. Jenna Ellis versus Johnny Weir, Aaron Carter singing naked, the Foo Fighters trolled Westboro, Snickers, and a doctor, an actor adopted his daughter's bestie, Grinder Data, ejaculation to fight cancer, and more. I have done a lot of things to fight cancer in my life. I've given a lot of money, but when I saw that story, I said, I can do that. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Yes. Oh, everybody's wishing Mark a happy birthday. I do love our little community here, whether you're watching on Facebook and YouTube live with us right now, or you're listening back later on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. We thank you. We appreciate you. I checked. We have no new iTunes reviews for me to read aloud. So nothing new since JD. Well, I want to give a shout out to my friend Patrick and because he's been, he subscribed and he's been listening to us on his walks. And he said, that we are so funny. He like sends me text of what he thinks is funny. He thought it was hysterical that I called you trash. And um, he also, Patrick sends me Instagram DMs. He thought my tires, my stupid tire story was very funny. Yeah. So we do pay attention to those of you who listen back later. We appreciate it just as much. Um. All right, well, let's get on into it because really? I gotta tell you, the, I enjoyed the Olympics so much. Blake said he was into the Olympics and then wasn't really. So I kept watching them from like 1130 when he would fall asleep to like four o'clock in the morning. But I enjoyed the closing ceremony, the big street park party in Tokyo. Did you watch any of it? Did you see? I would do. Well, in the closing, uh, I am already excited for France and it's not for three more years. Paris, the Paris presentation was like all across the rooftops of Paris. 
they are setting up the events like in front of the Arc de Triomphe, like tennis and on the lawn, like at the palace at Versailles. They are planning to perform for all of us. And it's very exciting. I was at the World Cup in Paris when they won right after I graduated from high school. It was a very exciting time. So I'm excited about the next Olympics. I said, you well, haven't really traveled. I envy you that you, you took that, that upon yourself to really travel when you were younger. But now it's funny because it's been so long. I was like, I need to go somewhere. I used to, it used to be my like, the real, okay, real talk. It used to be when my inner introvert was exhausted, I would book a trip to go somewhere. And you can look at our lives in early Los Angeles and tell. Right after we finished the tour of Southern Baptist Sissies and Sorted Lives, I flew to Amsterdam and Brussels for 10 days by myself. The day after Sorted Lives, the series premiered, I flew to Prague and spent five weeks backpacking down to Istanbul while those first five episodes aired. It was like my like getaway and recharge, you know, kind of thing. But in the actual LGBTQ Olympics news, we had 182 out athletes representing 30 different countries in 34 of the 46 sports. 56 won at least 32 different Olympic medals. The math is weird there because teams. And in the totals of the countries, y'all, if queer people were a country, we would have been seventh. Did I say last show? Did I say I hope we bump up to seventh or eighth? I do not recall. I, you didn't listen. Uh-uh. I don't memorize your script. I believe I did say that. Someone Erica, did someone remember? <laughs> what you said? But wait, what's, am- what's amazing about that seventh is the LGBTQ delegation won more than any country or state that still criminalizes homosexuality. Well, it's just a fun little. I say hell uh, yeah. And that includes 36 out American athletes, almost. Uh, 20% of the out LGBTQ athletes were from our country. So it's amazing setting that example. But a couple of final highlights to share. Uh, Canadian footballer Quinn became not only the first out trans Olympic competitor and the first out trans medal winner and the first out trans gold medal winner. They, use they and them pronouns, won a bronze in Rio, but weren't out at the time. They won gold with the Canadian soccer team. And they wrote on Instagram, I feel proud seeing Quinn up on the lineup and on my accreditation. I feel sad knowing there were Olympians before me unable to live their truth because of the world. I feel optimistic for change. Change in legislature, changes in rules, structures, and mindsets. Mostly, I feel aware of the realities. Trans girls being banned from sports, trans women facing discrimination and bias while trying to pursue their Olympic dreams. The fight isn't close to over and I'll celebrate when we're all here. So badass for Quinn. Yes. Amazing. And I, we, we got an answer. Michael remembered that you said eighth last time. You so. did better than what I said. Thank you, Michael. Yes. I'm, Michael, thank you for listening to me. Thank you yes. for paying attention. I mean, I just appreciate that. So few do. Uh, all right. Okay, we wanted to tally up who listens to who more on this show. You're an introvert. You have to listen. I'm an it introvert. Is true. That is true. <laughs> does everyone realize that? That that's ultimately our great difference is that while we're live with y'all, we both seem extroverted. But when we turn off, uh, I, I, my work persona is not this. I remember there was a time where Emerson very delicately uh, told me, he said, 
I really need you not to call me after 11 o'clock at night with some idea. <laughs> I was just like, oh, hey, I got this idea for Or, oh, God forbid you call him before 10 in the morning before the coffee's kicked in. <laughs> the, I mean, the best ones ever were once upon a time when we were roommates back in the Back in the day of the what was At the, the big house? house? Yeah, but with the with the pot in the not humidifier. What is it called? Uh, the smoking pot thing. Vaporizer. The vaporizer, y'all. When he'd hit that vaporizer and come wandering downstairs, and I'm watching some show at midnight, he said, "I was just in a YouTube wormhole watching videos of who was it? It was always that gospel singer, DC Talk, and Sandy." No. The woman, the older one. Oh, Vestal Goodman. It was always Vestal. I was watching Vestal Goodman and I just had a thought. <laughs> Here's the deal. I don't know the rest of you who smoke a little cannabis now and then, but some of my thoughts are good. Like Not, um, yes. I actually came up with the full in love concept of, with Benny uh, doing full in love. In, yes. in Southern this is he's stoned out of my mind. Every now and then, I will have this brilliant idea for a TV series that just the next day makes absolutely no sense at all. So it's a it's a hit and miss with me. With it's, the there's options. So okay, back to Olympics. We got we got sidetracked. Uh, the U.S. women's basketball team won their seventh seventh, y'all. It's a lot of sevens today. Straight uh, straight gold medal with six players on the team that are out and the assistant coach. Uh, two of them, Diana uh, Tursai and Sue Bird, have uh, one gold medal, uh, have been on the gold medal winning team in five Olympics. So that's kind of amazing that for, they've won five gold medals on five different teams. 20 years. That's 20 years. Uh, Sue Bird uh, celebrated by going to the stands to kiss her fiance, soccer star Megan uh rapino look at that so romantic and sweet uh who took home a bronze for u.s soccer team so and then you know celebrating our alma mater uh britney uh, uh you say griner right yeah, griner yeah. went to baylor scored 30 points y'all in the finals most ever in gold medal history in a gold medal game by an american and then Stephanie Dolson was also the first out gold medalist at the games in three by three basketball competition. How I love that? I know, I love that. Uh, all of those women are amazing and Megan's amazing, of course. And I love Brittany, what I love about Brittany Griner is she's a lesbian now, but Baylor still claims her because she's so good at what she does. So for some reason they don't call us. They don't ever call us. Now they call, they call, they text once in a while to ask for money. But. Let's, be, let's be honest, Brittany, you go down that Wikipedia, she's had a little controversy in her life, yes. in her personal yes. life. And I've never, I've never had pled guilty to domestic violence or nothing like that. And they never call me to lead a workshop in their drama department. Oh, the theater department would have you in a minute. It's you like, percent. Oh, I saw them the last time. They have a new, anyway, that, this is not relevant to the show. That long ass no manager a call, please. Uh, um, uh -huh. <laughs> she said, I do. All of those women are amazing. And then one final piece on our sweet, I was going to say little, but like, you know, he's a grown man with a child uh, now. Tom Daly, of course, took a second medal, adding bronze on the platform. Sweet Jordan Wendell that we told you about, uh, the American Cambodian with the gay dad, finished in ninth. 
Um, and then remember that story we did way back about the 160,000 condoms the Olympics ordered? Well, Tom Daly and British diver Noah Williams made a TikTok that's been watched like 7 million times or something about how many that translates to. Look at that photo on the left. That's just the box of condoms for one person at the Olympics. So this is Lil Nas X. They opened the condoms. Tom Daly sucking on a lollipop in the corner and Tom Daly commented underneath the video that uh, Noah put up, not me minding my own business with a lollipop. I mean, that's a little oral fixation looking at all those condoms. He's so cute. You know, I, I would use that as the biggest pickup line. Uh, hey, you want to come over and use one of my Olympic condoms? Uh-huh. And then you can keep it. You know, some people are into that, you know, keeping that. I, was, I, I don't know what kind of I mood I'm in. I don't anybody. That, like a trophy? Like the uh, There are people who like to save a load for later. I'm just oh, saying. Like it, it takes all kinds. I but, uh, that. but also, can't you see somebody saying, oh, I'm on prep. Can I just keep the condom as the souvenir of this interaction? Uh-huh. Yes. It's a part. It's like a gift bag. There you go. Well, <laughs> that would be my Olympian pickup line. Well, you know, I like to say our buddy, Johnny Weir, he's in the news. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say something before I do this story. Johnny Weir is so fantastic. He did this uh, Quibi show that is now going to be on Roku with Leslie Jordan uh, that I did a little writing for last year during the pandemic. And he loves Sorted Live so much and he just can quote the lines and he became my buddy. I have his phone number now. And it made me so happy to read this story because he, but first of all, he looked so great at those yes. closing ceremonies with yes. the Olympics in his hair and that he just does it. He just wears his queer so well. And even and I, before you, and even before you say what happened, like it, it was full, like the hunger games and he's so generous, like to the host, he talked so generously about the Japan and Tokyo hosting the Olympics. You think about when Johnny was like flamboyantly flaming across the ice long before Adam Rippon and long before this many out athletes, how aggressively unabashedly, Present. He away. He paid yes. away so many years ago. Yes. Um, and, and like did not give a fuck. I mean, uh -huh. it was just like, this is who I am. Accept it. If you don't like it, that's fine. So here's what happened. You remember old Jenna Ellis, that just that Trump attorney that's just awful. She just quotes the Bible right and left like she's the biggest, just the best Christian in the world. Well, she tweeted a picture of Johnny in his fabulousness, there he is. And uh, then she said, uh, woke, uh, hashtag woke Olympics, closing ceremony clown. Then to get more attention, she quoted him saying, uh, bring back the days when boys uh, cared about growing up to be actual men, biblical masculinity over woke fragility. Well, Tom, uh, Johnny, unlike me, he took the high road and he said, the man I've grown into is a human that embraces the strength of the man and woman who raised me to be myself. If you feel squashed by the boot of someone else's beliefs, remember you are free to live your life the way you believe. Also, religion is an, ex is an, an excuse for hate. And then she clapped back with a heart in her own little tweet saying, Far from being hate, it is actually genuine love to speak truth, not relativism and embracing every form of casual perversion under the banner of being myself. Romans 1, Ephesians 4, 17 through 22. Eventually, Johnny, you'll have to answer to God for your choices and beliefs. Choose truths and Jesus. Oh. 
First of all, she's in that like grifter list of, in 2016, she was calling Trump an idiot, calling him an American fascist, all these things before she ended up on the Trump train. So like, she doesn't have a like integrity bone to stand on, but all that crap, I, I think Jesus would be just fine. Even her Jesus would be just fine with Johnny Weir's sartorial choices. Here's what I tweeted her. You can find it on Twitter. I said, Jenna, uh, I, I, I did that quote tweet. Judge not that you be not judged. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will clearly be, you clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye, Matthew 7, 1 and 5. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, 1 Timothy 2, 12. And then I said, you will you have to answer for supporting, representing, and lying for Trump? Ninth commandment, thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor, Exodus 20. 16. I like to quote the scriptures back to these awful fake Christian hypocrites. Also, like, you know, and joking, and because yours are great, of course, but I appreciated with the size of his platform and the spirit of the Olympics that it was in, how he chose to shut her down was so amazing, you know? Yes. And then with a little bit at the end, also hate isn't a religious belief. You know, it was just so, it was like, wink, I see you. Man. He liked my tweet, by the way, which I... Well, of course he did. I would hope so. Uh, Danielle said, wait until she hears about our founding fathers wearing wigs, makeups, and stockings. I mean, y'all. Right? The amount of change of wardrobe through the world and through the years. If you're threatened by someone else's clothing, you might have some self-esteem problems. And I just want to be clear. When I quote that women shall be silent scripture, I don't. I think that's a bullshit scripture. But I just want to show her what bullshit can be quoted right back to you? Yes, absolutely. It's like, if you're going to wield that as a weapon, we'll wield it back. Right. You know, I didn't pick up the knife first, but I'll stick it in the deepest. Turn it just a little uh -huh. bit. Just a little bit of twist right into the rib cage. Uh, I just adore him so. Um, Y'all know Aaron Carter. You know, he went, had a, a young pop career. He's the younger brother of Nick Carter. He's gone on to be a pop star. Well, it has just been announced uh, that Nick, that Aaron Carter is joining. Oh, crap. Oh, hold on. He is joining the cast of Naked Boys Singing in Las Vegas. Now, if y'all are not familiar with the show Naked Boys Singing, what it is, is right there in the title. It's a bunch of men singing songs naked on stage in a musical. Um, it's clear that they are excited about his stunt casting. There he is. But I am sort of fascinated. He said, I think the naked body is a beautiful thing. We're all born naked. I love doing OnlyFans. He's had an OnlyFans for like a year. People are very uplifting. They make you feel attractive and good about yourself. I love that social media platform more than any other platform. So if you can't make it to Vegas to see Naked Boy singing, you can see him naked on OnlyFans. If you want to see Aaron and his little Carter at the Jewel Box Theater to open September 8th through November 28th. Now, Del Shores, you know why I put this story in, right? Why? Because, first of all, I'll tell my story. I went to see Naked Boy singing in college by myself, like snuck off to see it on a Monday night because they did Monday night shows down in the village. The like titillating experience of seeing grown men naked in the theater. Spoiler alert, once you get past like the opening, it's like they're just singing songs, which is the point of the show. It's like, Nudity is only weird because we act like it's weird, 
Yeah. But the story I wanted us to tell is we were fortunate to have the opportunity to go to the premiere of the movie version of Naked Boys Singing here in Los Angeles very early in my time in LA. And I sat and thoroughly enjoyed that movie and several, I know several of the men in the movie, you should find it and stream it, it's great. Um, but why don't you tell us what else happened at that premiere of Naked Boys Singing, Joshua? Well, I think I was stoned. I don't think, I think I was stoned and not being very censored. But uh, there was this one, um, this one actor in the movie with unusually low hanging balls. <laughs> and I, did I say something out loud too loud? So loud. I mean, y'all, I was nowhere near Del Shores and he went, what's wrong with that one's testicles? <laughs> I mean, just, I felt like he screamed, you didn't scream, but it was definitely loud enough that several rows away, um, we heard it. And I feel like Ann Walker was also there and said something, but I don't recall. What were, yeah, I think maybe I was talking to Ann and she said, what? <laughs> and I said, what? You know, and it's like the music's going really loud. And then I didn't realize it had died down. <laughs> yes. It was like between numbers. It was like, you know, heading to another number. And then I think a comment was made about one who was more ble genetically blessed uh, as well. That was long. I mean, there was, I think there had been pre-drinking and smoking on various people in our party's part. It was a super fun night, but the audience commentary was, um, it was significant. Yes. Wait, yes. this is fun news. Brent just said, I was the music director for Naked Boys Singing here in New York for a while, also in P-Town. When we did a mini tour in San Diego and Vancouver, I played the piano on stage naked. Well, I love that, Brent. Send us some pictures. We'll just. Um... I'd, I'd love a cast photo. Okay. Uh, the, no, I, I wanted to say I'm glad I was. I wanted to go back to Aaron Quarter just for a minute because he really yes. struggled with some 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 issues. I think he had like some some drug issues a few years ago, and and admittedly, and was having some really mental issues. And I am actually glad to see that he has. Uh, it looks like he's rallied some, and he's he's being productive and. We can, you know, people can judge whatever the fuck they want to do about OnlyFans or whatever, but I'm just glad to see that he's doing something. Yeah. yeah. Also, you can only judge that if you've literally never once in your entire life looked at any kind of pornographic photo, image, or video. There you go. Otherwise, you're judging your content creator, whether that, that you looked at theirs or not. Yeah. Are. Also, leave people alone. Just please. Uh, well, I love this next story and I love this video so much. Uh, it, it, thankfully, we have not heard the Westboro Baptist Church, th those three words in a long time. They just kind of, you know, what is his name? Oh, Fred Phelps died. Good. And then, uh, you know, they shut Isn't up. Wendy, the wife, Wendy. And, but what, was it his Wendy? It was his daughter that took over. That was just that awful. She was horrible. And then, and then they had. I mean, I know all about these people. Then they had a couple of the 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 younger generations just came out lashing against them, which was oh, fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, oh, yeah. so they they decided they were going to uh, troll the rock band, the Foo Fighters. So last Thursday, they showed up to a pro to protest the band's concert in Kansas with you know those same title signs that they need to get new sharpies. It said, "Free will is a satanic lie." And God hates pride. So earlier this year, the Foo Fighters released an album called Hail Satan. <laughs> their, their DJ. Hail Satan. Oh, Hail Satan. Uh, That's Satan. the joke. 
Oh, uh, so it's a hell satin, yes. Under their DG's alter egos, featuring four Bee Gees covers. So they these so the Foo Fighters jump into this. It looks just like a you know where'd you go on a hayride? One of those trucks with their their instruments and mics. And they roll up to the Westboro Baptist protesters and uh, lead singer James Grohl addressed them saying, I love everybody. Isn't that what you're supposed to be? Can't you just love everybody? Because I think it's about love. That's what I think. And he's kind of preaching it like to the music. You, can, yeah. you should be dancing. The, is thump thumping. And he's kind of preaching. And he goes, because I think it's about love. That's what I think. We're all about love. And you shouldn't be hating. You know what you should be doing? You should be dancing. And then they just broke into You Should Be Dancing, uh, the cover, and it was fantastic. The way I look at it, I love everybody. Just in the back of this truck. Isn't that what you should be hating? You know what y'all should be doing? You should be dancing. One, two, two three. You know what to do, go on. Oh! Come on, boys. It's just fantastic. And also that they like took the time out to like put this together to like roll out down the street in front of them. I loved it when he said, I saw your mama dancing. <laughs> yes. You know, we beat him. You, when you laugh at him, you take so much of the power away. Yeah. As Danielle said, the name of the lead singer of the Foo Fighters is Dave Grohl. What did I say? Ryan, Dan, I don't know. You made it. Dave Grohl? Unless I did, I, I said it wrong, but Dave You just Grohl. said somebody else. Um, I love them. It's just funny. And I feel like we said way back when we were never going to talk about this on the show again because they don't matter, but this was worth it. That's why. You know, and, and, and I the last thing that I kind of addressed with them is I literally celebrated when Fred Phelps died. And people were so, there were some people that were really mad at me and they were like, you shouldn't celebrate his death. And I'm like, no, I, I, I'm going to celebrate his death. I'm, I'm glad he's gone. He, it, well, also that was back before the, the world has gotten a lot more vicious anyway, because now everybody's tap dancing on everybody's grave when they died. Maybe other people thought it, but I said it. Yes, you did. It, it always reminds me that whatever musical version of A Christmas Carol where uh, Bob Cratchit literally sings a song tap dancing on Scrooge's coffin driving through town singing, thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. And he's literally talking about dying. Like the best thing you ever did for me was die. So oh. you're not alone. So I apologize. I said James. They said I said James. And I uh -huh. didn't mean I said I, right. I, it's right there as clear as could be. Dave. All right. We have moved on. We've reached the halfway house of our show, which means if you enjoy what we do here, uh, bringing you the news and the nonsense related to our community and allies and beyond, you can send us a tip on Venmo. That would be to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinsshoresproductions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. Thank you to Rob and to Dennis Gilmore who have already tipped today. We do greatly appreciate it. You know, we do put in a lot of free work to do this, to entertain ourselves and entertain all of you. And remember, if you can't tip, don't want to tip, uh, you can do other things. Just share the broadcast, tell your friends to subscribe on our iTunes, write a review on our iTunes. Um, listen to the podcast, download it later, listen to it back again. 
There is all sorts of ways to support us that aren't financial. But if you've got a big old pile of money, send us some. We'll put it together. <laughs> yeah, got that, you know, he's got more dental appointments. He's got those teeth. To, um, it's true. I'm not even done. And that's, yeah, I don't, I've, I said it last time, but I just will never understand why teeth aren't a part of your regular health insurance. I get that you have to go to a specialist, but it's still a part of your body. It is bullshit. It is. I agree. Another way to make money. You know, I read somewhere the actual reason. Somebody said it's because the eyes and teeth are like regular costs in your life that should be budgeted for. Health insurance is meant to be for things that weren't supposed to go wrong. And I said, well, that's some bullshit for like how not to help people pay for taking. Well, that's really bullshit because a lot of times, I mean, you can't help it because, you know, you're you just uh, suddenly crack a tooth. I was yeah. I was in, in Dallas and I bit an olive thing. At some restaurant, some, this olive pit just cracked it. Just, now, you tell me that's unexpected. You didn't know. It sure was. Olive, right. Yeah, I know it. That's I know like, it. Come on. Uh, wait, I love everyone's commentary on their teeth. John said, my teeth are expensive. And Rob said, I don't go to a dentist because I wear false teeth. <gasps> I feel like I'm repeating myself. I'm starting to be like you. Uh, I might have told this story. The first time I saw my grandmother, my dad's mom, without her teeth in as a child, like in the middle of the night, she woke up. I must have screamed like I was in a horror movie. You know, because the mouth like caves in. I know you don't even look good. It no. looks like a folded in butthole kind of. My, uh, yeah, there was a, a level of pride in my family. I remember my mama, Mark, my, she did not want anybody to ever see her without her teeth. And my uncle Humpty was always trying to catch her without her teeth on. In her mouth. Just chasing her down. Like hoping to fix it. her down the street. Uh-huh. Um, back in our news, out of Texas, we want to keep an eye on, you know, a lot of state legislatures are out of session. But of course, Texas, Governor Abbott, called a special legislative session that ended recently with a bunch of lawmakers gone, with Democrats in Washington, some out with coronavirus, and none of the anti-trans bills passed. But what happened? Abbott has called another special session that already started this week, and he stated very clearly that he has the same priorities for this session. He once again asked for legislation identical to that Senate Bill 29 as passed by the Texas Senate, which was the bill targeting trans kids in school sports. So in addition to all of the stuff that they're doing about elections and tampering, uh, tamping down ways that you can access the ballot box and be able to vote and make it harder, they're also still aggressively targeting trans kids. If you want to keep an eye on that there, follow EqualityTexas.org. There's actually a Baylor alumni, Brad Pritchett, who was there right after, shortly after me, who works with Equality Texas. He's out now as well. Uh, but they're doing great work keeping track of the legislative sessions there. And he's calling this back, worried about this stuff. Meanwhile, you finally got like Dallas ISD is ignoring his mask mandate law. They are putting one into effect. It's bonkers seeing these people refuse to backtrack and allow local jurisdictions to take care of their health crisis the way they well, need to. Well, you know what he did today, Emerson? I don't know if you saw this, but he is now asking hospitals to halt all elective surgery in Texas because of the pandemic that he continues to fuel. But With won't undo the legislation that stopped mask mandates. Yeah. So, And then over in Florida, you've got Ron DeSantis threatening school superintendents' salaries and funding if they put in mask mandates. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday, and my grand fear now is 
that's saying not only can you not do what you want to do, I want my policy to work. Ron DeSantis is gambling on that presidential election. And I, my grand fear is that it's going to take kids in schools in the falls filling up emergency rooms for these people to back down from where they drew their lines. Well, it, it's so upsetting to me. And, you know, my daughter's a school teacher and she's she's vaccinated and there's all this protocol here in Los Angeles. And but it is scary. Nonetheless, even with masks, with these kids that are not vaccinated and you don't know what their parents philosophy. I mean, Jesus, I, I, I have to tell you, I am stunned at how many actors that I had to turn down for auditioning for this role. The after the, the anti-vaxxer actor decided to pull out three weeks before we were going into rehearsal. Then I, I start going through my I went almost said Rolodex. That's, I'm just dating myself. I started going through my Rolodex. That's okay. I don't think anybody watches or listens to our show who's young enough to not know what that is. So, so and there were so many yeah. who, who are not vaccinated in Texas. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah. You know, just, and, and Texas and, and, and Florida together, what is it, 60% of all cases right now? Something like that? Yeah. Well, and the bigger piece to me, though, is like separate from the health stuff, the hypocrisy of these Republicans, right? If the point of being a Republican is small government, individual liberty, personal responsibility and all of that. But you made a law telling that the local jurisdictions, cities, counties, school districts can't make their own decisions. That's still big government to support your own agenda. So it's not even the philosophy that you're supposedly on board with. So, all right, little news, little international news, and Snickers. Uh, Snickers made an ad seen by many that was full on homophobia in Spain. It stars influencer, uh, I, I think his name is pronounced Ales Gibaja, as a flamboyant gay man ordering at a restaurant. He asked for a sexy orange juice with vitamin A, B, C, and sends kisses to the waiter. As his fellow diner and the waiter are horrified, the waiter gives him a Snickers ice cream instead. He takes a bite and is suddenly transformed into a bearded man, the one on the right, uh, who appears stereotypically straight. His companion asks, better? The new straight-seeming guy says, better. The text then says, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Now, it had been running, but was called out this week and in reference to the death of 24-year-old Samuel Luis, which captured the world's attention earlier this year. And the Spanish LGBTQ organization, Federación Estatal LGTB, called the ad shameful and pitiful and said, if you need some training for your next try, we are here. Uh, so Snickers España, they pulled the ad. They apologized, saying they wanted to convey in a friendly and lighthearted way that hunger can change your character. At no time was it intended to stigmatize or offend any person or collective. It's just whoever thought that was okay, I well, worry. I worry about them. What's weird is it's not even a new ad for Snickers. You know, two years ago, it was a huge Super Bowl campaign where the theme was uh, you turned into a diva. So it's like a car full of guys and in the back seat is Aretha Franklin. There was another one, I think, with Liza Minnelli. And Aretha takes a bite out of the Snickers and turns back into one of their friends. But so there it was more like you're being a diva, whereas this is like you're just being flamboyantly gay. So the parallel, to, 
In fact, a Baylor theater alum, Toby Miley, was in the Aretha Franklin commercial. Aretha Franklin turned back into him, but it also means he didn't get to shoot with her because it's like she was in the shot and then he went into it after her. But it was like they took that concept and tried to shift it a little bit and landed in just big old homophobia. Yeah. yeah. Rude. Not, not well, they fixed it. Well, they did. Um, they listened and they they took it out off. And, but, but like still. that is definitely in the category of someone, anyone. The number of people that had to look at that before it made it to television. Someone should have said, uh, "What are we saying here?" Like, where was? I mean, even the guy who shot it, the influencer. What was? What was he thinking? Why didn't he say this? Doesn't seem right to me. Or maybe he didn't get the whole script. You know, there's lots of things. Right. In those. I haven't seen him post anything about it, but he's a big, you know, flamboyant person. So it's not a, I can't imagine there was the intent to be a part of a negative thing on their part. This next one I found really interesting, uh, you know, because we've been talking so much about the COVID outbreaks, a uh, gay citizen scientist, so to speak, uh, Michael Donnelly, uh, was very close to a lot of the people that were in P-Town the weekend of July 4th. And the CDC is now giving him credit for helping them get so much more data so much more quickly in responding to the Delta variant. Donnelly used his and his husband's personal Rolodexes, as you said, to document the P-Town outbreak. They got all this information and he started by texting friends July 9th and he told NPR, what was really concerning about this was it sounded like entire houses were coming down with breakthrough infections. He is a data scientist and put all the info together on his own website, covidoutlook.info, that he co-founded with Dr. Michael Lavoisier. And he documented 51 cases in three days and was able to get that info, which I liked this part. He said, the norms of the gay community say, share your medical history, share your risks with other people so they can be responsible and take care of themselves as well. That came with years of practice within the community, particularly around HIV and AIDS. So he contacted the CDC and the next day, the CDC and Massachusetts health officials had access to all his information. He did say though, that explaining P-Town to the CDC was sort of interesting, trying to explain like uh, bear week. And he said, I've been telling friends you haven't lived until you've talked about twinks with the CDC. But by July, <laughs> The full P-Town report was out showing 469 cases, 90% were Delta, 346 and fully vaxxed people, only four hospitalizations and zero deaths. But his initiative and his information helped the CDC understand so much more about the Delta variant and breakthrough cases so much faster. I just thought that was awesome. Yeah, and, and, and that was absolutely true. That was Twink Week that that, that, that all happened. I was there. Not that I'm I didn't twink. know Twink Week was a week. I thought it was like they Carnival Week. They called that Emerson the July uh, the fourth. It's not like they advertise it like Bear Week. It's just called Twink Week. Unofficially, got it. That's amazing. Yeah, but but it's the reason you know we were like, oh, why did we book in Twink Week? They don't come to shows. They're all not my target demographic. I know, y'all. We need to get some Twinks interested in the Dell and Emerson show. <laughs> Where do you find the twin? We're gonna get on. We're gonna do TikToks. Oh, the TikTok. Uh -huh, the TikTok. The TikTok. Oh, and Zana said Women's Week is in October. Yes, Women's Week is in October, and I, you know, just because I, I like to, to, I knew this. Suzanne Westenhofer, my buddy, is performing during Women's Week. 
Also, I love that though, because it's almost the off season. I love that the women were like, we don't need that hot, hot summer. We'll like a shoulder season where it's like a little cooler, a little more realistic for our activities. You know, the, the shows are earlier and they usually have a buffet. Uh <laughs> Wait, did I tell you in something? I haven't, I don't think I've told you this. I want to, a gay, us to name a, a lesbian bar in something, a bar for women who love women, called Sue Baru's, two words, S-U-E-B-A-R-U apostrophe S. I'm confused. Who's the whole joke was always Subaru sponsored all that gay content. Oh, so went less, like it's like Subarus, but make it two words like it's Subaru. Thank you. Thank you. Hannah, did you find that funny? It landed like a lead weight like here. Like a wet turd in a punch bowl. Do any of our lesbians find that? It, exactly, Santa. It's based off Sue Ellen's in Dallas. So it'd be like right. Sue Ellen's and then Sue Barus. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Uh, well, this is a sweet story. I like it. It comes out of Australia. Matt Stevenson, he's an actor who recently shared that his daughter, Grace Highland, is trans uh, in an interview. Now his daughter, Grace, is sharing a story of just how great of a dad he is. And this is on the TikTok. Uh, her best friend, uh, Belle Bambi, also trans, but her father rejected her when she came out. So Stevenson stepped in and is adopting her into their family. Uh, Grace made a TikTok saying, we're sisters now. In the video, she shows Stevenson with the paperwork and says, uh, my BFF's dad left because she's trans. So we did this. Dad is adopting her. He's always supported me and he wants to support Bambi too. In an interview, Grace said, I, uh, I came out at uh, 12 and then I went through a gradual transition until I was 14 grow my, grow, grow, to grow my hair out to get my name change sorted, to sort out my blockers. And then by the time I was 14, I was fully presenting as Grace to the public and at school. So what a beautiful I just love that so much. I mean, thinking about what Bambi's been through and their friends, but not even just he welcomed her into their home, whatever's going on in her life that he was able to actually adopt her so she can trust that her home life is safe and stable and permanent. I mean, what an incredible, uh, gesture of support for his own daughter and supporting her friend that way. It reminded me of Kindle in Yellow a little bit. Yes. Because that was, uh, you know, I remember that moment where Bobby hugged and he said, you don't have to be blood to be family. Yes, I know. It's just so sweet and amazing that they're willing and able to, you know, share the story uh, with the world. Because of course- What's really interesting is that, you know, I don't know what the laws are in Australia, but the the, the parents would have to, the real parents would have to agree. Uh, uh, yep. with, so they really said, yeah, take her. Yeah. You don't want her. Sad, sad yeah. but uplifting all at once. Yes. And like, great for them, build a new happy family. You know, we often have to choose our own families. She got to literally choose uh, her new one. and. It's also lovely to have great positive stories for trans young people with all of the horrifying news that we've had for them of late too. So something, a celebration. I am going to go back and point out that Xana laughed, Summer laughed, she'd go. Now Rob, Rob didn't get the joke till Victor explained it to them, but my Subaru's joke uh, hit at home, for the audience at home as well. It hit, hit most of us. Me and Rob, we're just sitting there, what? Just uh, what? I think we and Rob, we were like, oh, I don't know. 
Like, uh, it's fine. It's, you know, I love a wordplay, and sometimes I'm a, I work myself up into something that's smarter than it is funny. Let's it's done you well on Halloween, I must say. I know, but now I'm tired. Like this year, I'm like, I don't know. What it becomes stressful. Like in Mississippi. So I might just pass out candy on my porch. Um, oh, is it my turn? No, it's, no, it's turn. me. No, it's me. The, you know, remember that grinder story about the Catholic priest that we didn't really care about? I was really concerned, though, about the technology aspect of that. So I thought I would share this follow-up with any of you who were curious about the implications for privacy of user data on Grinder. For those who might have missed the show, there was a Catholic priest that a Catholic news organization, newsletter, blog, got somehow access to his phone grinder information where he was and where he was using it for like two years and it's sort of terrifying for other people um well the grinder ceo jeff Bonforte went to work because he was worried too and he tried to replicate the results he stated clearly grinder doesn't sell its data to anyone he said we not only have information about industry risks but we're also very aware of all the challenges the queer community faces around the world he laid out three different methods methods that, uh, what was it called? The pillar could have used to get the information and none of them involved a breach on Grindr's part. I hope you get that part. The first is that the data came from a network provider. Mobile phone services have sold data before. So that would be the phone service provider's fault. The second scenario involves data location brokers which can build a map of your locations based on your phone data. But Grindr has never partnered with any of these firms. So it would only be if you gave a different app permission and that app gave your data to a data location broker. And the third is from ad networks. While agreements between the networks and Grindr offer multiple layers of protection against privacy violations, it's always possible that a firm that the ad networks are working with could have provided the data. So it basically boils down to, it was only possible for the pillar to find his information related to grinder usage if they knew exactly who and what they were looking for. They did say they will share the results of their information publicly. Maybe it didn't work as other people up as me, much as me, but I got really concerned, not for me personally, obviously, but for anybody whose life or anybody around the world, it's one of the only places you know, LGBTQ people can meet and chat safely. Uh, so I think it's really important we know that that's 100% safe wherever you're using it. Well, good for them. Well, you know, I think about those Olympians that people were making TikToks revealing. But can you imagine? I would want to go to the Olympics just to get on the apps and see, like, the bodies. This is, like, the best bodies in the world. At their peak physical condition, just scrolling would be worth the fun. Just worth it. Like, can't you go into areas like you can? Couldn't yeah, you, you can change the location. Yeah, right. yeah. So. All right, boys, grab your lube and let's stop some cancer. Oh, uh, it's so exciting! A new study from Harvard, Harvard, and Boston universities found that men who ejaculate twenty-one times a month—not a day, boys—were uh, a third less likely to develop prostate cancer. Twenty-one day. No, a, a month. No, just picture that. You just rubbed it all the way off. It's yeah. all, it, This study was published uh, in European Urology. 
Uh, I, I just got my subscription to European uh, Urology. Urology. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read this new article about uh, ejaculation and cancer? And uh -huh. it used data from almost 32,000 men. I mean, people were clamoring to participate. Yes. Uh, and they gave their monthly ejaculation numbers and data from 1992 to 2010. A lot of people kept track. The authors wrote, we found that men reporting higher compared uh, higher compared to lower ejaculatory frequency in adulthood were likely less likely to be subsequently diagnosed with prostate cancer. We already know it helps with decre decreased stress and sleep. It's one of my sleeping pills, y'all. Uh, other studies, however, have shown no connection between ejaculation and prostate cancer. These are, these are, those are the wrong studies. Uh -huh. uh, others have found an increased risk. Those are really the wrong studies. Health experts estimate that one in eight men will have prostate cancer and one in 41 hmm, will die of it. Most men who are diagnosed with prostate cancer are 65 or older. You know, a doctor once told me, they said, he said, if, if you do not die of something else, Prostate cancer will eventually get you. It will be the he said that ninety nine. I don't know. It's Doctor McDonough telling me that prostate. And I don't know. I want to go back to the first part of that. If something else doesn't kill you, prostate cancer will. Okay, sure, but something else is a very long list. A long list. I'm just so saying, anyway, like, so what are you saying? You won't die of old age. It will definitely be prostate cancer. So I have a question for everybody. How many of you men ejaculate at least 21 times a month? That's like nine, only nine, nine, only nine days or nine or 10 days you're off. It's so basically you can take every third day off. Now, if you double up on a day, you can take two days off, you know, in that three day period. But I got to be honest, they're like, in, you know, in the pandemic and depression phases and whatever, I'm way under. I have been way under that at phases of my life, but in other phases, way over. So I hope it balances out. You know, if you average, you know, how much time does it count? I'm going like, to start keeping a journal. I mean, if I just take the years from 14 to 19, I don't need to do it for like a decade or two. And I'd still average it 21 times a month. I think I'm still up. I think I'm at 21. Those early years would do it so much that then you can't touch it anymore. You rubbed it raw. And I was thinking about they should they should suggest that to people. You subscribe. I'm gonna get you a subscription to European Urology so you don't ever miss out on the good news. Honey, well, beat, beat, it's a great hashtag. Beat off, beat cancer. Hashtag beat off, beat cancer. Oh, that's a good t-shirt. Beat off, or, beat cancer. Or, or just hashtag beat it, beat it. Beat it, beat it off, beat the cancer. Beat it, beat it. Beat it, beat it. That's good. That's our new campaign for prostate cancer. Beat it, beat it. Look, you can always sell people up much better on a positive experience. Well, no, I, 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 I like that statistics. I do. I like it. I think that it's good. You know, it's encouragement. Absolutely. It's encouragement. Gentlemen, start your engines. Get to work. Our friend um, Aaron says that he he's at, at least 21. He said at least 21. Yes. He said 21 partners a month, so he's plenty covered. Oh, that's well, that's that's just bragging. David said, I've only done it twice in 14 years. What, David? I'm concerned. What you, you, you mean, David, you have only jacked off twice in 14 years? Does that I mean worry. 
an amazing partner or you have no, a, no judgment or shame here. Not all activities are for all people. You're serious. But I have a sidetrack thought. I, it, it, Lord, it is a calling to be a urologist, like a like an elementary school teacher. Because you know what the problem with being a urologist is? You think about what? A, gyne a gynecologist sees healthy vaginas most of the time because you go for checkups all the time, right? Women go for regular checkups for pap smears. Uh, it's a part of normal vaginal health. We do not go to a urologist unless something is way the fuck wrong. So that means urologists are only ever seeing funky penis. Like, or, why is funky or, penis? or let's yeah. not let's not forget, you know, uh, enlarged testicles. That That's what I mean. You don't ever see a normal dick as a urologist. Nobody goes to the urologist just for a checkup. So every penis you see is funky and involves gloves. Uh, yes, I'm just saying that is like it's a calling. Good for y'all. They're necessary. I've never been to one. I've never I have. been to a urologist. I've yet to have a reason. I uh, don't worry. We'll obviously let y'all know. I've only been one. It was have just any boundaries one here. of those things where, yeah. Just had to check up. Uh, anyway, I just that urology today. I just thought you know, I'd never been to a urologist's office and bless their hearts. Uh, and one final celebration story. Sometimes we do these at the beginning, uh, but we but I wanted to save this one and do it at the end. A few weeks ago was Pride in Ukraine, uh, and they organized a rave outside of the office of President Volodymyr Zelensky, dressed in colorful raincoats to hide their faces. A hundred LGBTQ activists danced for six hours. Members of various far-right groups also staged a counter-protest a few hundred meters away, bringing speakers and electronica trying to drown it out. The activists were attacked repeatedly by members of the far-right group Tradition and Order, who have previously assaulted Pride events in Odessa. Police intervened with tear gas and rubber bullets. Two were reportedly arrested. And it's not surprising because every year since the first Pride parade in Kyiv in 2013, far-right attackers have violently interrupted celebrations. There are currently no laws there to protect LGBTQ people. And every year they keep showing up. And it's just such a reminder of the bravery of the fortitude of our community around the world as we finish the Olympics and celebration and how far we have to go to continue applauding our people showing up in defiance of uh, people against them everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. And I just loved it. That's so, it. That's our show, y'all. That's our show. We got a board meeting to rush off to for the Dell Shores Foundation. I, about, I mean, I knew that, but I forgot it until you just said it again. Y'all be sure, uh, August 22nd, set your, set the, save the date, y'all. We're going to have a great event. And um, we just so much going on now. We, we go, okay, the pandemic's not over, but we got things going on, and we will share them all with you. And if you didn't tip in the middle of the show or the beginning, right, don't worry. You can still tip now if you're listening back later and you just list, finished the podcast and you thought it was worth a dollar, ten, a hundred, or several thousand. Once again, Venmo at Emerson Collins or PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. And y'all, my Friday's a little funky. We might be early again. He and I have to discuss it. So just watch the reminders on the Facebook and the YouTube and you'll know when the show is happening. And finally, happy birthday, Sissy Marie. My little dog's eight years old today. Oh, happy birthday, Sissy. Almost had to deliver her. I know, it came so close. Good for her. She did it. 
Bye, y'all. All right. Bye.